There's a man here with some sort of a parasite on his arm, assimilating his flesh at a frightening speed. I may have to get ahead of it and amputate. I don't know what it is or where it came from. I'm disappointed. Well, because <laughs> I didn't sing the theme song. Yeah, I wanted you to do the little ditty I, from the opening credits. Honestly, and... I, I was I was going to. I was looking for it, but I couldn't find the lyrics. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which are crime. along the lines of, it creeps, it slinks, it it's a blob. It blobs across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> the blob. <laughs> so, yes. Spoiler alert. We're talking about The Blob. Woohoo. Oh, what a good little movie. So this it was, is a fun little movie. Isn't it? And another, yet another Criterion Collection wow. flick. I know. Not uh, Kind of surprising that this is in the Criterion Collection. I am. I got to say, because I liked it, but I'm a little bit like, this was a Criterion Collection? <laughs> yeah. Um, Just because the other ones that we've watched have seemed a little bit more prestigious or highbrow in their approach. Yeah, I think there's something in this one of a, of a, in a way, kind of ahead of its time and kind of um, anticipating uh, certain things. Like like the, the, the song, for example, it's almost as if it's poking fun at a, um, like a motif that hadn't happened yet. Like, right, like, like there being these kind of goofy, you know, tie in theme songs yeah. that would kind of become a thing, but it started more or less with this. Um, so we have this to thank for Kiss from a Rose, the love theme from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. That song's amazing. <laughs> and what a tie in. <laughs> um, but so I, I, I wanted to, to just read flat, just read this first paragraph. From uh, So this is the insert from the Criterion DVD that I have. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, to kind of read through that because I feel like it's like it, it explains better than I could why it is kind of included in sure. the Criterion collection. They the are the authority. And of course, we're talking about the original blob. It was remade in the 80s, much like many of these, like The Thing. Um, yeah, I know. And they, and, they, mm-hmm. and they make it all like... It's got like appendages and and mouths, I guess, and stuff. I'm sure they make it a lot grosser. Um, I've never seen it, but we're talking about the original Steve McQueen's debut. The OG blob. Mm -hmm. All right, so this is from this little essay written by Kim Newman, who is a noted monster fan and author um, of a pretty cool, that Anno Dracula series, Kim Newman wrote that, Mm. which is like kind of takes, it's as if Dracula won. Sure. Yeah. Um, All right, so here, here it is. The Blob is somehow perfect as a movie and as a monster. I don't know if I agree with that. But this well-paced, serious 1958 science fiction horror film featuring one of the simplest yet most effective aliens in cinema arrived at a time when monsters from outer space were firmly established in the movies. The highly serious, uh, the high seriousness of early 50s major studio productions like Howard Hawks and Christian Nibby's The Thing from Another World which we've done an episode about, yeah. and and Robert Wise's The Day the Earth Stood Still had given way to scurrilous half-ingest poverty row monster quickies like Roger Corman's It Conquered the World and Edward J. Kahn's Invasion of the Saucer Men. But in many ways, The Blob was atypical for its era. It was made in lurid color, the better to show off the rich red of the gelatinous creature, at a time when most efforts at its budget level were in grayish black and white. It's top, it top lines an authentic star of the future in Stephen McQueen, exuding a 
Teen Rebel Cool at 28 that aligns the film with the wild youth concerns of the decade and sets it on the side of the kids in the audience who had endured years of studio monster pictures in which square, pipe-smoking elder cops, docs, and military men represented the prevailing wisdom and teenagers, if presented at all, just got in the way. And it was filmed in Pennsylvania, far from the coast, by a group who had built a studio to make inspirational religious films, but were persuaded by the canny producer Jack H. Harris to start off with an unashamedly commercial project. When you know that, you can even detect a sincerity and bedrock decency underlying the endeavor that sets 100%. it apart. Yep, that sets it apart from the hipper, snarkier, more casual approach of the cool kids over at American International Pictures. This pays off in that the film is fun, but also takes the pain of its characters seriously. It's even frightening, which was all too rarely true of 1950s creature features. That actually is really, that is, uh, everything that she said was very astute. It's a he. Kim? Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know, right? K-I-M. Yep, he, he's a he. But yes, I, I, I thought so too. I thought that that kind of elucidates why... Um, you know, why it, it merits inclusion in this sort of prestigious it does collection. also comfort me that you mentioned that uh, Steve McQueen is 28. Because I remember looking at oh, him yeah. and going, he's a little long in the <laughs> tooth for yeah. a teenager, but... Yeah, it's kind of like watching Grease, you know. Right, but then I was like, well, don't say anything, that's rude. Interestingly <laughs> enough that The Blob yes. is featured in Grease. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is the film, uh, the movie, the John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John film when they are at the drive-in. Yeah, is this is the film that they are yeah. watching on screen. In fact, I think it's they're the scene where the they're all running out of the oh the theater. Um, of the theater that seemed it, familiar yeah. to me. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. Um, so yeah, that's that. He kind of sums that up better than I. Yeah, that have. was pretty astute. All right, so this has been the Monster Mash. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to talk about the movie. Did we Goodness. introduce ourselves? We did not. Goodness, this is the Monster Mash. I'm Joe. I'm Sarah. That just lets you know how how long it's been since we've been at the mics, which is Sorry, it's become listeners. an old story. I yep. know it's become. We shouldn't even apologize for it anymore. It's just like it, it is what it it's is. It's what we do. If you if yeah, if you've been following the pod with any kind of regularity, it's unfortunately we are not the most reliable when it comes to putting out episodes in a you know on a weekly basis. But we're back, and we're talking about the Blob. We are. Yeah, so let's and dive in. And all of in. its sincerity. So we got to talk about the opening, which is so incongruous um, oh my compared to the rest of this film. We get we are treated with this this peppy, silly little 60s jaunt of a tune by none other than Burt Bacharach. All I could really think of was the other Criterion Collection films that we've watched, especially Island of Lost Souls. Yeah. Because I I think so many of these films actually do a really nice job of setting the tone for their films yeah. in their credit sequence. And this does the exact opposite. It takes a big swing and a whiff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's the tone? It could not be more wrong. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is just... It is so okay. Well, he. I was looking in this thing to see if he talks about the theme, and of course he does. Um, a final unique element is the Burt Bacharach Mac David title song. In retrospect, informed by the Rocky Horror Picture Show and the Purple People Eater, we tend to think I that, that. Yeah, you did. We tend to <laughs> we tend to think that all '50s monster movies had novelty record tie-ins, but. This witty, silly ditty, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides. A splotch, a blotch, was actually a first. (laughs) (laughs) Only a few later films, Journey to the Seventh Planet, The Lost Continent, and The Green Slime followed suit and tried to ring out a pop hit title song. (laughs) So yeah, this represents kind of a, a, 
why why is the thing that I want to know? And he doesn't answer that in, in his little essay. I mean, I have to assume... Whose idea was it to be like, well, you know what we need? You know what this picture needs? Well, I have to assume that in the days before all of the like viral marketing opportunities that you have now, <clears throat> your opportunities to get the word to the people were a little bit more limited. So this yeah, is kind of a, cre- a catchy... I-, I mean, it's a creative idea. It is to, like, creative. We write a song and it gets played on the radio. Right. And it gets stuck in heads, and then they're singing it. Like especially maybe if they'll you're come like this them. tiny independent company that's filming in Pennsylvania, yeah, off the m- mostly making religious movies. Might not be a bad idea a if you idea, can try to. I mean, first you got to get the song to take off, but I mean they got right. what's his bucket to do it. So yeah, I mean he wasn't a big star still the, by this point, but, but I mean yeah, it, <laughs> it's just so odd though. Why like but why, why this? this one? And, yeah, and I have why the no idea. song is so unlike the rest of the movie, but it really is. It's it's kind of it needs to be seen to be believed, <laughs> and I told you before we watched it. I, I like I, I didn't want to give anything away about it, so I, was, I just said that the, the 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 opening credits are nothing at all like what the movie is actually like. I am glad you set that expectation though, because I would have heard those opening credits and pre- mentally prepared for a very different film, and then yeah, would have been, been like, like, what, what are we is happening? Yeah. So yeah, so that happens. <laughs> we get these goofy opening credits with this goofy song, because uh, it's already like it's already a goofy sort of instrumental and then right towards the very end the lyrics start kicking in and you're like oh my god this is you don't think it can get any weirder and, and these then very it does. trippy red circle visuals <laughs> yeah. of the blob but then we get a, a very conventional monster movie very simple monster movie a very simple monster and movie. very earnest yes um kind of buoyed and led by a very earnest performance I think by Steve McQueen oh my gosh he's so cute and this is going to come up as we go but I love he's the guy that everybody believes yeah. Because he doesn't he's lie. He's just a good kid. He's yep. just a good kid who doesn't lie, yep. and so people believe him. And his girl, and, Jane. Um, and his girl, Janie girl. Janie girl, yeah. Uh, who, yeah, and the, we open with their smooching. Open on <laughs> some hot teen smooching. Hot teen smooching. Yep, they're out at apparently what is like a common makeout spot, because we kind of open Lookout on- Lookout point or yeah. whatever it is called in that particular town. Yes, and, and they're kind of making out, and Jane, who's a good girl, you know, good American girl, she demures and is like, yeah, no. a little too much, yeah. Yep, and he, uh, you know, he, he's he says something, and his name is Steve, his character's name is Steve, so like Steve says something about, um, oh, this is the best place where, you know, you can you can see um, shooting, shooting stars. stars and and he kind of says like yeah I come out here all the time for that reason and she's like oh you come out here all the time do you so we get this little kind of te- but you know. he says he never took he has never no. taken anybody else and out he swears. and he swears and she believes him because he's a good kid he is and as we we're coming we, we come to find out later that um she probably should believe him he probably was telling the yeah, truth yeah he probably was telling the truth he doesn't seem to strike me as a no and while they're having this little uh this little discussion they see um they see a shooting star, but it looks really close. Yeah. And they decide it looks like it landed somewhere close by and they want to go check it out. It also happened to land near this like woods cabin of this recluse. <laughs> <laughs> Old man Wiggins or whoever oh, yeah. he is. Like. <laughs> who is in fact the drunk from um, Them, oh. who I love so much, who does the make, make me a sergeant, sergeant charge of the, the boots. <laughs> My dad and I would rewind that and watch that part over and over. Of we thought he did. was. We, I can picture yeah. you too. <laughs> we thought he was so funny. Um, <laughs> that became like come kind of pine family parlance. That, I'm that sure. Make me a sergeant, charge the booze. Um, but in any event, he is, 
uh, he has dis- he has heard this thing as well, and he goes to check it out. He leaves his little dog behind in the dog. house. Yep, and he goes out to check it on it, and he finds this little crater with a little globe thing in the middle of it, like a little meteor rock. It looks like it's oh. perfectly round. Yeah, it's very really cute. And like you would do, he takes a stick and he starts poking at it. <laughs> Absolutely not, because I've seen too many of these movies, and I would have been like, bye. Yeah, you, <laughs> you don't poke it. <laughs> you don't poke the rock from space. No. But he does, and it opens, and inside is like this little, you know, gelatinous blob. Um, this little purple thing. It is cool. I, I wonder how they did it, and I didn't. Um, I'm, I'm sure that I could find out, but I don't know. Looks but like it does. Jelly. It's effective. It yeah, it looks like so jelly. often it looks like jelly or jam. Yeah. But it's this little blob thing, and he sticks his stick into it, and it's viscous, and you know wow. he pulls the stick away, and it's kind of oozing down the stick, and he tries to kind of throw the stick away, and all of a sudden, the blob, on its own accord, moves up onto his hand. Yep, and he's like, oh, ow, ow, and starts freaking out, and he can't yeah. get it off. So he goes tearing off through the woods in a panic because he can't get this thing off his hand. Meanwhile, our intrepid heroes, our Steve teen heroes, Steve and Jane, are about to give up the search. They've been looking around. They can't find anything. They're about to go home, and Steve's like— he, He's going to treat her to a sandwich on and a, him. And an apology yes. for what— for. I don't know for dragging her around yep. for making too many moves, taking I don't know. her to the makeout spot. Um, but he's yeah, he's gonna be a good boy and take her for a sandwich and an apology. But as they're driving away, they encounter old man Wiggins. Let's call him <laughs> <laughs> old man Wiggins is is um, having a bad day. He comes like tearing into the road, screaming. They almost run over him. And they, they pull over, yep, they they try to see what's going on. They uh, Steve sees that thing on his hand. They're like, we've got to take him to the doctor. So they put him in the back seat, and, he's and just, then they oh, take he's, off. He's miserable. It's very upsetting, actually, it, this yeah. poor old man just moaning in their, and shaking in their back seat. I find yeah, it very kind of disquieting. It is, because then you're also like aware of the fact that the thing is like eating his hand. Yeah. And he he can't do anything about it. He can't get it off, which yeah. is like it's awful. awful. Yeah. If you think about it too hard, it is kind of horrific, you know. Oh, especially this guy. The other people don't seem quite as horrific. Well, this and it is happens really a lot bad. faster later. That's what this I'm is saying. Is this is so slow. This poor man. Yeah, it's it sucks. Um, and they're lucky to get to the doctor on time because he's about to leave for like a doctor conference, uh, which is going to become important later on. That he's Very supposed to doctor be doctor meeting. Yes, and he's <laughs> he is supposed to be. Everyone else thinks he's out of town, but he's not. They catch him right as he's walking out the door and you can see him like as they pull up he's like oh hi yeah. yeah oh i love that <laughs> moment where in. he's got his hand on the doorknob and his briefcase in the other hand and his shoulders just drop yep. and you're like oh this poor man <laughs> I know, yeah he's like oh come on in <laughs> um and like th- uh, this movie i think has a lot of those those really interesting little touches of detail yes um those are kind of sprinkled all over in this which are i think also so- elevated above kind of the status of like a normal you know well what do we say about the movies we love the most is the world is fully realized yeah. like the yep. more attention kind of to detail a, a good attention to detail and good business and this has a lot of that it does so uh yeah they take him into the doctor's office they show him the hand and it's gotten bigger the thing on on it so they they if he's had it wrapped up in like a, a coat and they take the coat off and it's like it's bigger it's up halfway up his arm and the doctor's like ah <laughs> 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 he's never seen anything like it before obviously uh so he tells the kids to see if they can no one knows who the guy is so they say to go uh kind of around where they found him see if they can find any people who know who he is mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff 
So they take off. Doc's like, he got he has to call his nurse back in because he's like, yeah, I can't go anywhere. And he, she's trying to call a couple other, the other doctors. doctors. Nobody's answering, I assume, because yep. they're all headed to the big important doctor conference. Yep. And uh, meanwhile, Jane and Steve go out to the house. They discover the crater. Uh, or not we yet. should I'm say that on the way to the doctor, there was a little bit of business where Steve passed oh my some gosh, school of chums. I, of course, um, I can't leave this when, out. Yeah. Yes. And so when they come, so they pass these school chums on the road and they're like, well, we can't abide. Yes. Because he kind of like speeds past him. He's got this like, you know, cute little muscle car that he, he like speeds past this truck of, or I guess it's, I don't know, it looks like a truck. Kind of looks like a truck with like three boys in it. Yep. And they're like, oh, we can't let that slide. So they catch up with him at the doctor's place. So as Steve and Jane are leaving the doctor's place to go and run this errand for the doctor, the, his his teen friends are there and they're all like kind of Crawling draped all over around the his car. car. They've, they've popped one of his hubcaps off. Yep. And they're like, and they, the one guy does like a mock salute trumpet blast kind of thing and and they put the hubcap on his head like he's a king and he kind of doesn't know what's going on uh and this was kind of charming too for because at first when you know when he when the car passes these kids it kind of yeah i thought they were going to be bullies yeah i was really worried yeah i was really worried they were going to be the town bullies and i hate those yeah oh yeah i know but no it turns out that they're They're all just friends yeah and they're just kind of messing with each other yeah so there's like well there's only one way to settle this you uh you you know you've got to race us again and i'll beat you this time and Steve, Steve doesn't want anything to do with it. He's got a lot going on tonight. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it. But then finally they kind of keep pressuring him. and Including he, my car could beat your car driving, driving backwards. backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve's like, okay, I'll do it. And they're like, great. And he goes, we'll do it just like you said, backwards. <laughs> and he's like, what? And he's like, I'll, I'll race you to the light Well, by going backwards because – why wouldn't you on what seems to be a main street in this little town? With cars <laughs> parked on either side, by yeah. the way. Yeah. So they decide to have this race. And as soon as the light, you know, in his rear view mirror turns green, they floor it. They go backing up. He stops. Steve stops short. And they go kind of blasting through the intersection. And then they get caught at the red light as the light changes. Ha-ha. And he's kind of like, Steve comes out on top. Yep. Except they were, they were seen spotted by the police. By Johnny 5-0. Yep, the 5-0. But they're lucky because it's Dave. Uh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Officer Dave, who is like the good cop. Um, this scene was so good. Oh, it's great, isn't it? His rea- I thought this was one of this was a particularly great scene for Steve McQueen. Yes, because <laughs> he is not being a jerk. He looks like every good kid who's Who ever gotten caught. in trouble yep. because he cannot form words no. very well. Mm-hmm. And he's like twisting the steering wheel a little bit in his hands. He, like and he's, he's trying to be coy and he's, you know. he's bashful. It's just, it's a great little scene. I'm like, it, yeah, and we won't tries do it anymore. Do, do what? Whatever, whatever you think I was doing, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even tries to make a little joke out of it. He's like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, all these all these collisions are head-on collisions. Maybe it'd be safer if people drove. And he's like. He's just, yeah. And he kind of drops it halfway through. He's like, you're not, you're not buying it, huh? Yeah. I all also right, like that moment where he goes, all right. And he clacks his yep. wrists together and holds them out. And it's just. Yeah. He's just a little charm factory in this scene without being um, a jerk. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes people like think they're being funny with authority figures by like joking but they actually come off like a jerk no this just yeah. is really sweet yeah it is <laughs> so but dave lets him off yeah um he's like he kind of takes him at his word you're not, not gonna do any of this silliness again yeah no no yep and kind of lets him go on his way um and and on their way they run back into their pals are kind of stayed to wait for him to kind of see what happened mm-hmm. and and we discover from them like there is uh there's the good cop dave and then there's also a cop that's not so nice that the yeah. kids don't like 
Um, and Bert? Uh, I'm going to look up Is that his, his name. last name? Something like... like that, yeah. And they're like, yeah, good thing you didn't get him. And then, you know, the one tells this story about this prank they pulled. And I don't know. There's something about the delivery of this speech was really interesting to me. It, it was like really a, interesting because it sounded, one, for a second, I was like, is someone feeding him lines? Or is he, like, looking and reading Or it? is he looking and reading? Or is he <sighs> just doing a really weird acting choice where it's like he's trying to remember the story it was i'm glad you noticed it too because it was bizarre i was like what has happened it looks like he's learning the line right now (laughs) but there's also a certain authenticity to it like this kid kind of seems like he's he seems like someone like i wouldn't be surprised to find out that he was like a local kid or something yeah that he was just somebody they were like come here and he was and he could act yeah kind of you know but but anyway uh so yeah we find out there's and it is bert um sergeant bert is the one you don't want to run into. You want to get Dave, not Bert. Yep. So Steve enlists his friend's help to go out. He's like, I got to go do this thing for the doc. I got to look for this, you know, look for people who knew this guy. Uh, and he kind of enlists them to come and help him. And they are, they want to go to the movies, do mm-hmm. a spook show. <laughs> They're doing a scary movie at the local theater, which has Bella Lugosi in it. That was fun. Yep. All these tie-ins. Um, but he somehow talks these kids into coming with him. Yeah, because they got time. Yeah. and <laughs> Yeah. And um and here's the point where they find the crater and the leftover and this is a cool little scene I thought that they find the little chunks of the the like rock that this That's still the block pretty traveled warm in too yeah and they're kind of passing it back and forth and stuff and you almost think when I watched it the first time you almost think like because they're kind of really focusing in on their hands as they're touching it yeah I kept thinking more blob was gonna come out but yeah but it doesn't it's kind of just this nice little these kids like wow this came from outer space um this cool little it's got a real kind of Scooby Gang vibe to yeah. it which I like yeah. And then they find the house, the little shack, and and they find the little dog, and and they're like, we can't just leave the dog here. He'll so starve. He'll starve. So Jane takes him, this little dog. They don't really know what they're going to do with him, but they take him, and they're going to go back, tell the doc what they found, and uh, their, their little friends talk him into going to the movies with him later. Mm-hmm. So they take off. Now, meanwhile, back at the doc's place, all, all is, is not, not well. well. <laughs> no. Old Man Wiggins is... Um, is more blob than Wiggins at this point. Yep. <laughs> uh, so the do- the doctor is on the horn. He's trying to call other Everybody. doctors. Yes, <laughs> anyone, and, and he can't really get a hold of anybody. And uh, he the, called at this point, nurse the nurse yep, to come back, and she has arrived. Uh, and at this point, it seems like he is he's committed to amputating. amputating the arm. Like he was, you know, clearly waiting to. See- it's not a decision you want to make lightly, and this guy is unconscious now, but they don't know what else to do. So they're going to do this procedure, and he tells the nurse to go in and, you know, prep him for whatever, but don't but. touch don't touch his arm because don't touch that stuff because it's eaten away at anything it touches. And she goes in to do this thing, but... Ain't no Wiggins on the table. Ain't no Wiggins on the table. <laughs> <laughs> no Wiggins to be seen. Wiggins is gone. There's the room is empty, and she turns and she sees the blob. It's our the first titular real, blob. Yes, it's our first real look at the blob in action, and it is kind of scary. You know, I it, mean, it's like I, yeah, I was like, that's horrifying. Yeah, like the concept of it isn't inherently horrifying. Like this, this thing, like literally, you can't touch it. If it gets on you, it'll consume your you entirely. Yeah, and I guess I had it in my head maybe that the blob was more like. Doctor Who fans who were listening, the Absorbaloff, where like you got sucked in, but like I didn't know it dissolved you into nothingness and you just became blob. Yeah. I thought maybe people got like you got stuck in it. I didn't oh, know yeah. it, no. it made juice away. of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Wiggins is gone. 
And she, you know, she's like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor tries to, she, he has her throw acid on it, hoping that'll kill it. Does nothing. Does nothing. He gets a gun. And when he goes to get the gun, the nurse freaks out in a fit of womanly hysterics that you see in these movies sometimes. She, like, goes to run away, trips and falls, knocks the lamp over. Uh, It short circuits. Yeah, so, like, all the power goes out in the whole place because she knocks this lamp over. Doc runs in. He's like, nurse! And she's not there. She's gone. And he ran to get a gun. Yeah. yeah. He ran to get... So, yeah, while he was loading the gun, she was freaking out and, and getting blobbed. So she's, yeah, she's nowhere to be seen. The blob emerges again. He shoots at it a couple times. It does nothing. And he runs in and locks himself in his office. And then we see, at this point, Steve and Jane arrive. arrive, And all the lights are out. It looks like nobody's there. They're like, well, maybe he took the guy to the hospital. And Steve's like, no, something's not right. So he goes around back to take a look. He's going to investigate, yeah. And he sees that, you know, he hears like this rattling at the window. And he looks and he sees the doctor covered in the blob and like you know Ma! slamming at the window and yeah, then he, right, he yeah. collapses and steve freaks out yep that's a thing to see yeah and he runs back to the car and he's like the doc he's been he's dead he saw there's this thing covering him he doesn't quite know know even how to express himself again i thought a decent like a good performance moment for him yeah and i and i also like that that he so, you know sometimes they set these characters up as like i saw this and i know i saw that like i like that he's like i have no idea what i just saw <laughs> Yeah. Because you would be confused because your brain is like, what? That, yeah. None of that, like the math ain't mathing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't know what to he's do. He's confused. He's horrified, which is what we would all be. Yeah. But then he's like, okay, we got to go. We got to go to the cops. We're going to go to the police station and tell them what happened because this guy's is dead. Yeah. And they do. They go to the cops and luckily Dave is there. Uh, Bird is also there. Um, but so they, you know, they burst in. And he starts kind of explaining this. He's like, the doctor's dead. And um, Bert's like, don't believe these kids. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a real thing against kids. We're going to find out he later. He does have a whole thing against kids. We do. And we're going to kind of find out later why. Um, but uh, so they're all incredulous. But Dave's like, look, if he said someone's dead, I, we're the police. We have to go check it out. So they all go out to the house and, and they, they end up going inside. And, you know, all the lights are out there. And they manage to find the fuse box whatever get all the lights turned on and they don't see like there's nothing no one's there there's no evidence of anything like they see a lamp that's fallen over and they come upon the door to the room that Steve is pretty sure that's the the, the room he was looking into from the outside and they, it's locked it's locked from the inside so they have uh Bert go around the outside to try to come through the window and open the door from the inside. And all through this, Steve is like, his number one, he's like, don't go in the house. That thing might be in there. And yeah. Then, and he's like, don't go in that room. The thing might be in there. But he didn't need to be worried because the thing, the blob is long gone. Uh, Jim Burt, Jim Burt is his name. <laughs> <laughs> he opens the door from the inside and the room is is in shambles. Yeah. Like it's been, there's been a tussle. And there's a gun on the floor that's clearly been fired. But there's no sign of like no blood or anything. There's and the certainly no sign gone of and... and certainly no sign of a monster. Yeah. So Sergeant Burt makes the leap that this is somehow a prank that the kids are, are this pulling. This is a weird prank. It is a weird prank. Yeah, that they would like. I guess that they and they're would like stage it was a, a robbery. Room. Yeah, and he was like, and the room was locked from the inside with both the window yeah. and the door. And he's like, well, he rigged it up he with had to string, break, right? Because he and had to like, break what? the window to get in. 
to unlock the door. So both the window and the door were locked from the inside. So yeah, something's not adding up. And Dave is like, he, he's not quick to believe that the kids were responsible for this in no. any way, but it is certainly curious. And then at this point, we get another one of these little bits of these little sprinklings of an odd little detail of like the housekeeper comes bustling in. and In and, her curlers and her robe. Yep. And, and she's like, oh, the mess. <laughs> and lets them know that the doctor wasn't even there, that he had gone for this conference. So this is going to be a thing, them trying to find the doctor's whereabouts. Because, you know, of course, Steve is swearing up and down that he was there. And he's dead. And he's dead. And this housekeeper lady is kind of swearing that he is at this conference. And they're, they're you know, he, there was this other doctor he was supposed to go with. Um, so they're trying to call that other guy to see where the doctor is. But he's already is. gone. Yeah. So. so there's like, there's so there's no one around who can corroborate the kid's story is essentially the the. And the place they're going is hours away, so they can't confirm whether or not the doctor checked into his hotel for a while. Yeah. So they take the kids back to the police station, and and they have called the parents. Oh, never a good sign. Oh, it's never a good sign. I believe in between here, we get another little scene of the blob attacking that guy under the car. Yeah, the mechanic. Yeah, this little mechanic under the car who's telling his buddy. it's bigger. It is getting bigger by the second. By the person, it dissolves. And he's telling his buddy about this hunting trip he's going to go on. He's going to get shwasted <laughs> this whole weekend. The guy's Guns and booze. Yep, what could go wrong? Great but mix. he doesn't get a chance. Uh, and then, yeah, we're back in the police station. The parents have been called, which is never good. But um, they also seem like decent people. You know? Yeah, like they show up. Mr. Martin comes in and he's a little... Jane's father, yeah. A little he, brisk. He is, he with, is. Because he doesn't want her running around with that boy anymore. Because no. he must be up to no good. Because the... You know, yeah, certainly not in the middle of the night. Good. Yeah, and you can kind of understand why getting called in the middle of the night to go to the police station That's to pick not your even daughter totally up. Totally the middle of the night, right? Because the kids are going to a midnight showing. I mean, it's late-ish, I suppose. Yeah. So, if, like, if someone called the house at eleven, was like, "Come pick your daughter up. She's in jail." Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm <laughs> or just at saying. the jail. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, he is brisk. But Steve's dad comes and he seems super reasonable. He's like, "Well, I've never. I have no reason to think like my." He says, "You know, my son's not." One for telling lies. Yeah, he's not one for making stuff up. So if he says it, I believe him. Um, But they're kind of all like, there's not really anything we can do. Until we know about the doctor. So So they're kind of putting everything on hold. You guys may as well go home. Yep. And they tell, yeah, they tell the kids, go home, go to bed, don't do anything. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure figure it out tomorrow. Steve and, and Jane, though, are like, no. <laughs> Sorry, not there's right. like a monster eating people. So, yeah. so Steve tells Jane to like, I'll, I'll come. Like, we're gonna, like, I'm gonna get out of my house and we're gonna go do something. Yeah. So uh, we go back to Jane's house. She's <gasps> she sneaks out of the house and <laughs> yes, her little brother. We see her little brother, um, Danny. Danny. Yes, her little in his footy pajamas. His little footy, footy pajamas. His little stuffed animal. He's like, the hell are you going? <laughs> <laughs> No. No, it does. He says, where are you going? And he has a hard time with his arms. Yeah, where are you going? But it does kind of sound like, the hell are you going? (laughs) But he's very curious about where she's going. going. And and yeah, she's like, tells him this story. You know, I've got to, like, I've got to, I've got to go and protect. Or she's like, uh, I can't remember if she actually says there's like a monster. I don't know. No, I think she just says she has to go out and and help protect people and right. she and she's like I could stay and she's like I could guard you and she's like no you need to stay here and guard our parents yeah and he's like they don't need to be guarded <laughs> <laughs> he's very cute uh, but so well we've been introduced but to, she may bring him back a dog oh yeah that's right she's like you do a good job I'm that might bring a dog back for you which they don't have anymore they've lost the dog <laughs> <laughs> so that could be a in very well be a you know a promise she can't fulfill but she yeah. makes it anyway 
He's going to name him William. <laughs> yeah, but then he decides against it. He's like, it's a real, it's a real cute, like something a kid would do thing. Yeah, where he's like, like I can I name him William? William? And she's like, sure, go to bed. And he takes a few steps up the stairs, turns around. And he's like, I don't like William. <laughs> Classic kid. Yep. So off she goes. So, yep, off she goes. And then we get Steve in his house in a nice little scene here where it's like in his room, but we're hearing his parents talking about him. And, and it just, it's clear like they're good parents. And yeah, they know it's just he's they a good care kid. about him. They don't think he's in trouble. They're just like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, he's, he's sneaking out. The dad is checked to see if he was asleep. He was pretending to be asleep. The door closed and he gets up and he, and he goes out the window. Has to walk right by their window to get down, which is precarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, he meets Jane and they're kind of like, you know, they have the, another little um, interesting little scene kind of where it's like where Steve's kind of like, I, maybe I am crazy kind of yeah. like maybe I'm confused. Like and he goes through the list of like, I remember this happened. I remember this. I remember this. And, and he's like, well, maybe I didn't see that thing with the doc because no one else. Jane didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this cool little kind of like we the action sort of pauses and we get this little bit of character development, which is kind of nice. We also get and this is a thing I'm going to sound like. This is a thing I wish more modern movies did. But like playing fast and loose with the tone. Um, because the music that kicks in here is so teenagers in love. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like it like it it's is, just yeah. very sweet yep. and light. And I just I feel like we it's don't nice. always do that. Like totally no. just take the foot off the gas. Like I feel like even when we have moments in modern like thrillers where action pauses, we don't change the music we don't no. like we just kind of let it certainly not like the entire tone of the music like like because if i pulled that do in the scene past. out and you didn't totally know what he was talking about you wouldn't necessarily know it was a monster movie at all yeah yeah that is kind of true but but you know if you were to take yeah i guess just more modern movies in general are just more consistent in in, in tone, tone yeah in this that is... way. and i kind of like when they when they aren't it's a, well because i agree that it's a nice <sighs> yeah yeah, and they're you know they're trying to it's serving a plot purpose. They're trying yeah, to figure out what to do next. Figuring it out, but, but it also is yeah, it's just a nice like it highlights their relationship a little bit. The music yeah. does a little bit of character development for them. Yeah, I think it's that nice. it makes me care about their little love story. Yeah, but they what they decide on um, is they're like, well, n- n- we can't get anyone to believe. He's like, how do we get? And this is sweet too. His his chief concern is like we don't want all these people in this town are in danger. We got to do something. Yeah, if this thing is hurting people. We yeah. got to stop it. Uh, and he's like, well, how do you get people to believe it? They're in a danger that you know sounds so crazy like this. Believe in in something they don't believe in. Essentially, he's like, well, we got to find proof then. So they got to go find it. Yep. And and then the funny little moment where they're in the car about to drive off to find it, and and he's like, he says something about like I don't really like our odds. Like we're going out. Two mm-hmm. kids alone at night looking for something that if we find it, it could kill us. Yeah. <laughs> and she's kind of like, yeah, well, I'll risk it if you will. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's very charming. Yeah. But so, first. But first. We got to get more help. Oh, of course. Yes. Wait. They, no, yes. not yet. You're right. Not until later. No, you are right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> we just we just literally finished watching this movie. We should we should not be having trouble with the timeline, but that's okay. Um, yes, you're correct. They go. They they decide they need some help. But who? And he's like, who can we get to help us? And she's like, the kids. Yeah, more kids. <laughs> your friends the kids from earlier. Yeah, the teens are gonna save the day. Like yes. Kim Newman let us know in his little essay. This movie, we're in the perspective of the kids who were most likely to be sitting in the theater watching the movie. And it's it, a very it's great. smart and savvy move. Yeah. Although and, I do miss my pipe smoking. I mean, yeah, professor. of course, who doesn't? <laughs> There's no Van Helsing character in this one. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but they go, they go to see their trusted friends. So, so they go to the movie theater and their buddy in the middle of a movie, they burst in and they're kind of, they're trying to get their friends to come and, and help them with something. And there's like this old man sitting behind him was like, quiet, you kids. <laughs> <laughs> but they finally end up convincing these guys to, and girls, their girlfriends to come so that to leave the theater and, and try, finally find out what's going on. And this is a great scene too. Steve McQueen is, is like, um, He's kind of like, you can kind of see he doesn't know how to tell these people this. He's like, what would you guys say if I told you that this town is in danger? Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like start to laugh. But then the other dude's like, shut up, guys. Let's hear what he has to say. Yeah. It's just cool. Like, we trust Steve. Yeah. If Steve's <laughs> saying it, we got to listen up. Yeah. And so, I love that. And he essentially tells them everything flat out. He's like, there's a monster out there. Um, and Eating people, sort of. <laughs> yeah. And we have to do something to help people. To like realize to make people believe that there's danger we got to warn people so he kind of sends out his people to both warn and find proof if they can so we get this cool little kind of montage sequence of these kind of kids going around to the adults and like talking and and the adults just being useless like i love this one they knock on a door and it's this house having a these adults having this rager party party. yeah the guy this wasted guy opens the door and he's like welcome and they're like we have to warn you you're in danger and they're like oh we're in danger it's paul revere Revere, and this is his wife Mrs. Revere. (laughs) The British are coming and the kids are like, ugh, and leave. Fine, get eaten. We don't care. Yeah. (laughs) And then we get, you know, the other kids are at this bar and the bartender's dismissive of them. Um, Yeah. And then, and, and we also get like, I believe we skipped over a scene, another one of those scenes in the police station where we get a little of this cop character development. Yes. We find out from, uh, Dave, the reason why Bert is so, uh, Anti-kid? Yes, anti-kid is that apparently his wife got in a car accident. A kid was driving the other car and she died. Mm. Um, but Bert seems to think it's because of his war record. That was so <laughs> weird. It's like he was saying that kids find out his record in the war and then they want to like test him. Right, so like was see he a what war makes him hero? Tick? And I'm like, is he a... Or a war criminal? Yeah, what like what... I, I should also I say it never hero. comes up and factors into the plot at all. But the fact that that one little lonely yes, I was cop. Gonna, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, no, go ahead. That yeah. one little lonely cop plays chess on the late shift with somebody from another station. That over he's the got radio. Over yeah. the radio <laughs> was maybe the cutest detail I've ever yeah. seen included in a film. It was adorable. Yeah, and you're right. It doesn't add anything. No, Except and I remember because the... I asked you, I'm like, are they making me care about this cop so it hurts more when he dies? Nope. No. Yeah, <laughs> it no. It's just a character detail. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, like it doesn't end up affecting the plot in any way whatsoever. It was just nice. It's charming. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that 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 has happened already because um, now we're kind of getting into like the the sort of push toward toward the end, you know, um, in a uh, sort of. So the kids. It's about to start really ramping up yeah yeah but then we you know we uh things really start ramping up when the kids go to the grocery store yep. which is what what happens next after we get this kind of montage of these failed warning attempts and then um they're the jane and steve are going by the grocery store and they notice they walk by and the door is open all the lights are That's off of the door right odd indeed and they go inside and you know they're trying to find like mr whatever oh and they find the dog they do, yeah. That's what makes them go there in the first place, right? Is they see the dog is kind of huddled in this corner, and they're like, "You're there, William." <laughs> <laughs> so they go and scoop up the dog. They notice the doors are open. They go in to investigate, and they're you know poking around. There's nobody in there. All the lights are off, um, and as they're poking around, Janie discovers 
oh my goodness, the blob is oh here. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the blob is there. And this is a cool kind of thrilling little chase sequence this is where it's trying thrilling. to get him. Yeah, like she falls down. He like hops up over an, a shelf. I don't know because of course she falls down. But he like mm-hmm. hops up o- over a shelf down the other side, like scoops her up, runs them both to safety in the back room. They end up having to, like he tries, there's a back door, but it's like, padlocked and you know he, he, tries, he tries to hack to at it with it, a cleaver yeah. and it won't break and it throws the cleaver at the blob nothing happens they end up locking themselves in the freezer um and there's no way out and the blob starts seeping under the door which oh. yeah it was oh being trapped like that and that would be just the worst feeling that would be ever. worse and i don't know why i thought it made it a hundred times worse that they were just hemmed in by all that meat yeah surrounded. i don't know why yeah. I, I thought that made it so much worse but that felt like it made it so much yeah. worse <laughs> now in this kind of moment of of uh, utmost peril they hear the dog barking and the blob starts uh, it leaves like it goes back under the door and we hear this like yip 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 and then no more barking, and we're left to assume the worst happened to this poor and dog. And I love that they were, like, about to die. Like, they're trapped in that room. And and even before the blob goes for it, Janie, she's like, the little dog! Yeah. The little dog! Oh, Steve, the dog! And I'm like, you're about to die. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, like, I just Maybe love that. Maybe have greater concerns. Like, the dog, the dog! Yeah. But um, in any event, every all seems quiet, and they kind of slowly make their way out, making sure there's nothing there. Uh, and and they're able to get, get out, out the of street. the store, out to the street, and they run into their friends. And right away, two of the friends are like, uh, the uh, uh, you know, Steve's like, it's here, it's in here. And, and Jane's like, it got the dog. And they're like, no, we saw the dog running away <laughs> the other direction. Smart little dog. Yep, and we're like, oh, phew. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yep. But they're like, it's in there, it's in there. We gotta like, we gotta make people listen. What are we gonna do? We gotta make some noise to wake everybody up. And they're like, well, we'll do, we'll do whatever we can. So they start laying on their horns in their cars. They somehow get the air raid siren to start blowing. They want to get the, like the whole the town, poli- the, the fire, fire alarm, well, yeah, fire alarm. Yep. And they just want to kind of get the whole town to Awake gather and around together so yep. we can talk, so yeah. we can tell them that What's they're in danger. On? And then we get another, <laughs> just for no two characters we've never seen, these two old people, these old couple laying in bed, and the one guy wakes up with the air raid siren, and he's like, that's an air raid. And he runs over to his little closet, and he's like, gotta get, what does he say? He oh, calls it's it, my uh, citizen's defense helmet. Yes, yeah, so like, and he, you know, he's got these uniforms, he throws one on her bed, and he grabs his little white helmet, and then he hears the fire alarm, and he's like, fire! And he takes that hat off, and he's got like a volunteer firefighter hat on, and he's looking at them both, and he's like, this has never happened before. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what, what to, to wear. wear. <laughs> Very funny. And also, like, very honest. Yeah. Because yeah. you want to think you won't be that person, but you will totally be that person yeah. in a crisis sometime. Like, that is like, both what Both sirens I are going to- off. What do I do? Yeah. Who am, who am I? <laughs> who am I right now? Yeah. I should worry about this hat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So charming. And we don't ever see those characters again. That's it. That's all we get. It's awesome. Um, then we cut, you know, we're back at the grocery store. Bert, of course, is furious. He's <laughs> like, these kids. And the town is, ha- like, has assembled. The streets oh, are yeah. packed with cars. Like, yeah, people are showing up. The fire department's there. The police finally show up. And Steve's tr- in the middle of it trying to, like, explain what down. is going on. Yeah. <laughs> You're all in danger. Finally, Dave is. So, you know, Bert shows up and he's about to lay down the Bust law heads. on these kids. Yeah. But Bert then, is salty. Yeah. But then cooler heads prevail because Officer Dave shows up and he gets everyone. T- cooler heads to prevail he takes steve's side and is like okay he he's not, he hasn't even seen the blob yet he's seen no evidence of of this thing even existing but he's willing to 
admit that this is a lot for yeah. a prank. But even you know, Steve is like, Steve look, says d- that beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. he's like, you know, look, you've known me all my life. Look at me. Do I look like a kid? Like, do you think this is a prank? Am I? Do I look like I'm laughing or do I look like I'm scared? Um, and he's like, and that, that's the and moment, I love I that. Or do I look like I'm scared? And it's like, oh, you do look like you're yeah. scared. Yeah. And Dave just, yeah, he's like, he takes it on instinct and takes over the scene and they're going to search and, you know, they're going to search Damn the fine store. Damn fine police work. Oh, yes. <laughs> you even, you even said that when it happened. <laughs> <I did. laughs> Damn fine police work. <laughs> but they search the store, rather, Bert does. He takes it upon himself to go in and search while they're all having. Would have served him right. I know. But. You know, no he's got feelings too. We have, we had a little moment of his. Well, yeah, like we already talked about when he's, cause he, we hear from Bert that thing about all oh, the kids, they hear about my war record. And I guess that's meant to maybe humanize Bert. I don't know. I In guess, any event, but... he's, he's discovered that the store is empty and he's kind of like, well, there you go, Steve. Great job. And then on the heels of this, we've also been kind of cutting back and forth to the movie theater. And we are aware now of the fact that the blob is at the theater. And it like oozes through the like, vent in the wall, gets the projector, um, like the... the projectionist, Projectionist, yeah. And we see it like oozing out through the, the projection window and stuff down on these unsuspecting teens watching this movie and it's gotten very big at this point yes it is huge yeah so now right as Bert's about to kind of blow this whole thing up and say everything this is all stupid prank hoax lock these kids up Uh, screaming teens yes at the theater and so they all rush over there and now the secret's out. Everyone knows now because the blob is the size of a building at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's it, bursting. Yeah. It, it oh, well, I guess it hasn't oozed out quite yet. Well, yeah. yeah Dave like, runs in. Dave for- runs in. Yeah, and, he, and he, we hear some shooting from inside. He runs back out. He's like, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, and gets, we got to clear the area. And they you know, try to get everybody to run away, which is no problem because everybody is running away. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the blob finally oozes its way out, out of, of the theater. And, and it it's is huge. Massive. Yeah, it's huge. And as the, everyone's running away, we discover young Danny, who has taken it upon himself to attack the blob with his little cap gun. Uh. I know, he's going he's gonna to get it. And he like shoots his little caps. When he runs out of bullets, he throws his little gun at it and then runs inside this, this diner. And Jane, Jane and, and Steve, Steve see him. Yep. Yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, Danny. Oh, no, they, pick, they, they run and they like pick him up and take him in to yep. this diner to save this little kid, and he's like, oh, I almost had him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're as they try to, like, they're going to try to get out of this place, out they're of this diner. those guys to leave. Yeah, the owners, yeah, like the owner and his wife, I'm assuming, to leave. And, and it's they're too late, though, ultimately, because the blob attacks the diner and quite literally, like, engulfs the entire Just diner. Goes, like, yeah, all over the whole thing. And it's, like, oozing through, you know, the, the windows, windows, the it's... cracks in the walls and stuff. Harrowing stuff. It is. And they're they're able to Dave is able to get a phone um a phone call through into the diner and talk to Steve and he's like, Okay, we got, there's one thing we can try because nothing stops this thing. We can if we shoot these power lines, it's gonna you know it'll fall on the blob, electrocute it, and we hope that that maybe will do something. It'll fry it to a crisp. Yeah, so you go to the basement. Get in the basement. Yep. So they all go into the basement. They they try this plan. Jim from his war experience. Yeah, I this assume. is kind of interesting. Yep. I, I guess maybe we were filling in the blanks there, but yeah, but, but he's the sharpshooter. Yep, to be the sharpshooter. He shoots the wire. It falls. Electrocutes the blob, but nothing happens. Oh, except the act of electrocuting the place has 
sparked a fire. In the diner. In the diner, which is inside of the blob. So now the diner's on fire with our heroes trapped inside. And this is a bleak little sequence where they're trapped. This was bleak. And it was really interesting that I liked the shot of, it was the, whoever the little, the fire captain yeah was standing next to dave and oh, being yeah. like like they're looking they're at, looking at it but we're not seeing what they're looking at and he's yeah. like it didn't work yeah started a fire and they're just so like and he's like there's not enough oxygen in there to keep a fire going for more than 10 minutes, 10 minutes. yeah and the fire will eat all the oxygen yeah and they're just like they're in the basement and, yeah, it's and just, the dave it's is kind of so like is there anything somber. is like is, can you put it out and the the fireman is like, I don't, I don't know how you think we can do that. Yeah. We can't get in. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you got any idea how? So they're just going to have to watch. And they're just, wa- and, and they are so somber while they, yeah. it was really off-putting. Yeah. I liked it a lot. It was great. Yeah. And then, you know, we're inside and, and Jane and Steve are trying to kind of comfort Danny uh, and they're like, yeah, just put rest your head down, go to sleep. Everything's gonna be okay. Oh my god, it was awful. It's and so like bleak. It's so upsetting. Other. Yeah. And I remember looking at you and being like, surely, you yeah, would not, not show me end. this yeah. film. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, that would be how the 2022 one would end. But yeah, probably, yeah, that would be the ending. <laughs> but um, Les Luck would have it. The guy who owns this diner who's down there with them, he has a fire extinguisher with him. And sort of licks of flame are starting to appear on the on the ceiling, you know, what is the floor of the diner. And he starts blasting at it with, with a CO2 fire extinguisher. And Steve notices that the blob is kind of shying away from it. Yeah, and he's he like, give me that. Part of that. And he's like, that's why the cold, it can't stand the cold. That's why it left us alone in the freezer. So he starts blasting at it. It's starting to creep down the stairs, the cellar stairs mm-hmm. down. And so he like starts spraying at it and it starts retreating back up the stairs. And from downstairs, they've left the phone off the hook. So he's like shouting to be heard through the phone. He's like, Dave, use CO2. CO2. <laughs> yeah, CO2. And in this great little sequence of community. This um, is so great. A town coming together for the common good. They discover that they that the fire department doesn't have enough of these like CO2 fire extinguishers. The the principal of the school, who we should mention, I don't think we mentioned before, Jane's is father, Jane's father is yeah. the principal of the high school. So he's like, all the teenagers are there as well. And he's like, and we he's got like, 20 of them. At the school. Uh, and he's like, we'll, we'll need some help bringing them all over. And the kids are like, we're right here. We'll gather up some more of the kids, whatever. We'll all, we'll help you. And like everyone's grabbing them from like, they're like, Anywhere we have them in town, people are yeah. grabbing them. Yeah. So the kid, the principal, hops in the car with, um, with the, uh, with Steve's buddy that we've been kind of following, and they they tear off toward the school. They get to the school. Principal doesn't have his keys, so he grabs a rock and smashes the window on the door and breaks in. And the kids are like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> They go in, they start filing out with all these fire extinguishers and, and right at, you know, at the 11th hour, the firemen are like, we're almost out of our, they only had like five to spare or something, Mm -hmm. which our fire department didn't have fire extinguishers. I... It's a small town. You might not ever need yeah. more than like five CO2. Well, it's especially and, that kind when you're a firehouse. You're like, we've yeah, got way like, more effective keep, means of fighting yeah, fires. But we, we can't didn't know use we were, those for the blob. Right. Yeah. We didn't know we were going to have to freeze something. <laughs> yeah. So all these kids show up with their uh, arsenal of these CO2 fire extinguishers and they're blasting away. And it starts, um, it starts like kind of creeping its way back off of the diner and, and, and reveals the cellar window enough for all our heroes to burst forth. And they does c- it get a little smaller? It does, yeah, a little bit. Not it like shrinks a ton, a but like it shrinks a little. Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem as big 
as it was when it was surrounding the diner. Yeah. Um, and Dave is on the horn with finally got through the government to somehow. Yeah, yeah. to Washington. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's saying like it, he's clearly you know answering questions and and being like like no you can't bomb it you'll spread it through you know spread it all over the country. Yeah countryside like yeah, you can't uh, we cut can't it. cut you it can't. it's too big like here's what you need we're gonna freeze it solid you're gonna bring in a transport helicopter and you're gonna drop it in the arctic where it can never thaw um and that's the plan so steve finally emerges from from the basement where everyone's reunited the dog is safe and in a what was not meant to be in any way a prescient or any kind of political <laughs> or uh, environmental <laughs> statement when when Dave tells Steve what the plan is, because they're like it's not dead, is it? Is it? Steve goes and Dave's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I can die. But he tells him the plan we're gonna put in the Arctic, and Steve's like, so I guess everything. And Dave's like, it'll be safe there. Yeah, and, and Steve goes, yeah, as long as the Arctic stays cold. And Which then, let me tell you, in 2022 is a horrifying ending line. Yeah. <laughs> and then we even see the last little bit, the little coda at the end. We see the the blob, like in the far distance in the Arctic, it parachuted down onto the icy surface. And then we see the end. Question, question mark. mark. So that's just what we're waiting for here in the end. And 2022 is on the tail end of COVID, we're going to discover the blob has been reawakened. The yeah, blob is fought out. The ice melted and the blob <laughs> is coming for us all. Yeah. So now we have blob to deal with. The end. End? End? <laughs> 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 the end <laughs> the blob the blob yeah it's a great little movie it's a great little movie yeah simple story well told yes as we've talked about simple story well told earnest um, as hell you know like i feel i feel like what he said about you knowing where it was made and like who made it, it does make some. You're like it's so wholesome. It is so <laughs> wholesome for a movie where like 50 people die. Yeah, but I mean, even that we really only see it happen to a couple people. It's not in any way gratuitous. No, and it's I mean, for as grotesque as the idea is, it's not a gory film by no, any stretch. No. I mean, can you imagine what this would look like now? Oh yeah, yeah, it would be so gross. If yeah, I know like we pick on he's Eli Roth is my favorite modern horror director to pick on because i hate his stuff i almost so much. said that but i was like don't say that because we, pick we always on pick him on all him. the time <laughs> no but it's totally what he would do it's kind of gross out it'd be perfect for him didn't he do cabin fever he did which yeah it was yeah, all which about is pretty gross yeah yeah so like he would find any kind of excuse to show like really gross detail how this thing would slowly eat away at you and stuff. yeah which is not the point, you know. That's the thing about it is the grotesqueness is not the point, and it's not what makes the movie work. No, but know? you're you're right that these are just like the most wholesome teens, aren't they? And like even the shenanigans that they're getting up to, which for the record, driving backwards on a dark road at night, not great, is dangerous. Like, yeah. don't do that. Don't do that thing. They were doing a bad thing, and they should have been stopped. And using both lanes of and a, using of both a lanes. Road. It was yeah, it was bad, but it was also late at night. It was. There was no one else around. There was no one else around. Um. Which they could see because he saw the stretch of road they were looking at in his rearview mirror. So it, yeah, it mean, was not, not good. Awesome. But these are not like, the, and that's the most out of control and wild thing these teens yeah. are. They're not doing. drinking. They're not smoking no, the reefer. No, and they're <laughs> not kids. mean. They're nice to each other. They're friends. That's yeah. why, like, it really does have a Scooby Gang kind of feel to me. Whenever he goes and gets his friends, and they're like, "All right, team." Like, yeah. it is so And, like, refreshing wholesome. for there not to be this archetype of a teen bully that I so many movies that. have. I was so worried that's who that one character was about to be. Yeah. And when he wasn't, I was so pleasantly surprised. You're like, oh, that there is no 
bully character. Or really no, the only antagonistic a... character is is Sergeant Burt. And even he by the end comes around, you know. Yeah. He he is forced to acknowledge the fact that the kids were right. Yeah. And, you know, he helps them as best he can and stuff. And it's just like it it again, a very fully realized world. Like you get a really good sense of who the doctor is, even though he's not on screen very long that landlady or caretaker or whoever she is is very funny yeah the little yeah. cop who plays chess with the other like yeah. radio guy is <laughs> like that's it's all really it's great a lot of like, charming it's just, characters adds a lot of detail well it's like it's interesting i mean this was 1958 so like the big counterculture you know movement revolution whatever you want to call it hadn't really happened yet mm-hmm. but was close you know it was coming which i think is kind of interesting you know it puts us that it deciding to take the perspective of the teens who would be watching without necessarily trying to like talk down to the or pander, you know, it sure, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't feel really pandery. No, I don't think so. I think in part because of just the sheer earnestness of it, it's like so earnest, like and he says, trying you know, their like, best. Yeah. And, and, like, and like Kim Newman said, the movie takes while it, while it is silly in a lot of ways, it, it takes the pain of its characters it seriously and the circumstances of its characters. It takes seriously. You it know? does. Like, there's nothing disingenuous about the portrayal of Steve. No, he's it, he's totally what he is. He is a sincere, good kid. Yeah, trying to do the right. And he's like, he's, and he's not trying winking to about figure that. out he's, how to. And he's not playing a type in the way some of these later yeah. movies would. But he's just being a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, yeah, I respect that it doesn't seem to pander. No, I respect that too. And I just love, like, randomly Steve McQueen, you know, these other kind of... You know? To my knowledge, none of, I, none of the other names rang, rang any bells Not people me in the either. cast. Um, but I thought his, randomly Steve uh, McQueen. And you can kind of tell you're like, oh, you're going to be Makeup artist could have done a better job blending out the line on his jaw into his neck, but... <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I guess Jane was on the Andy Griffith show for a few years. Oh, okay. Good for Jane. Yeah. Oh, she's she's got a few a few credits. Do we know what happened to the dog? No. I'm assuming they ended up finding him again. And naming him William. Or whatever the kid decided to name him <laughs> when he decided he didn't like William. Oh my god, she's in Blazing Saddles. Oh. Uncredited. Oh. Tourist mother is what oh. it says. <laughs> that's her last oh no, it's not her last. But that's an interesting credit. Um but yeah, in any event, it's just it's it it's um you can kind of tell that he, I feel like you can tell that he was going to be a. I think so too. A star. I think you can. I think you can kind of see that. I like that this is one of the, well. I'm trying to think how I want to say this. This is one of the few films from this genre, this particular like monsters from space genre mm-hmm. that we have watched. I'm sure there are a thousand that that will fit this bill that doesn't feel as much like a stand-in for all of our space fears. Do you know what I mean? Like in the way um, yeah, that something like I think so. it came from outer space or the thing from another world mm-hmm. or like some of those feel a little bit more heavy-handed with their we are afraid of space right now. Right. Feeling this, I think just because it's such a simple story. Yeah. And it yeah. spends so little time relatively with the blob that it doesn't have that same Ray Bradbury 
right, it's sci-fi really, fear where the science fiction thing is just a stand-in for all of our fears about space. I mean, because Because it's is. not at all about the blob. And, you know, no. I mean, it is in that that is the, the thing that's driving all the action. But at no point do we have, like, scientists sitting around debating what the blob is. You no, know, we, none no, of that. No and no, t- like, or it no, could like, be a Russian satellite. Or no. is it Russia? Or-, or even none of this kind of existential, like, we're not alone in the universe kind of stuff. No, it's, it's just, it's really just concerned with what is happening right, right now and surviving. And hmm, That's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind of like that about it. And I love love those heavy-handed sci-fi things oh, where they're I mean, standing the thing for all is our fears. I love those. And <laughs> yeah. I love when we examine our fears through right. monsters. I think it's a, yeah. a great exercise and I think it's artistic and wonderful, but I like that this is just simpler than that. Yeah, it is. And kind of trying any- to thrill you for like an hour or so. And if anything, you know, it's got this really sort of upbeat um, community dis- comes disparate, together right dis- people from disparate groups can come together in a moment of crisis and work together and find common ground and it, it's like a it's an ultimately it's a very optimistic little it's depiction of this little town american but in the best way in the best way in like the good our ways. hopes and dreams for what we think of small town america is mm-hmm. i mean it's the corner store and mom and pop and grabbing right. a fire extinguisher with your buddies to fight the aliens like right. it's and um, it's wholesome. There are no black faces in this town. No. So there's always that kind of unspoken, like, look at this, the perfect idyllic. This is what capital A America. Yeah. Lily white. I mean, while everything is very nice and idyllic and everyone's kind to each other and that's great, but everyone's also white. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's us in 2022 putting that onto. Oh, well, I don't know. That. I don't want to. I don't want to say it that way, just because that, in a way, kind of dismisses the issue. Yeah. Yeah, but I I know what you I know what you mean. Yes. Because I, well, I struggle because like watch growing up on these movies for so long, like that that time period is so it it sparks nostalgia for me, even though I didn't live through it. Right. You know? Because it was part of your childhood, and it probably can spark that kind of nostalgia because I didn't live through it. Because sure. like if you did live through it, you were aware of the fact that. People have been people forever. Yes. And and I, so I struggle against this idea as an adult of like the 40s, 50s being this perfect time. Oh, yeah. You know, but there's something very pleasing in in seeing it depicted that way. Well, it's escapism. And I think um, sometimes when I talk about the monsters as like those are my movie escapism, people sometimes think that's a little weird. Huh. Um, I feel like that must be people who have not really taken the time to watch yeah, it's more know? just like monster movies. Like, think when I say monster movies or horror. Like, right. I don't usually call them horror movies. I usually specify by saying I like monster movies. I do movies too, because I, I feel like there's a difference. There is a there is a difference. Or at least in when you're talking with people. Yeah. It's easier to right. not say the word horror, because then they'll start talking to you about hostile, and you're like, no, I don't yeah. want to talk about that. And um, also even anymore, because of how old we've gotten at this point, even if you say black cla- and white even if you say classic horror, people are gonna think, "Oh, Halloween." Yeah, and I'm like, "No, no, like, no, farther back than back, that." Back, back, back. Um, <laughs> so I say monster movies, and I usually follow with you know the old black and white ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. just to simplify things. Yeah. But people don't always think like when I say, "Oh, yeah, no, I like monster movies," or I like like old movies, um, old scary movies. That doesn't sound like escapism. Hmm. Because it's scary. Right. I think sometimes people associate escapism with just like the fun, fluffy, joyful stuff. Yeah. But this is joyful. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. And this is, yeah. a, this is Absolutely. so joyful. And even when it's bleak, it's still this 
it is a version of the world where the monsters can be conquered. Yeah, and they only get but so bleak. And they only get but so bleak. And, and there's so much joy in the, especially the ones, the movies that that I love the most in this genre, even within the monsters themselves, are ones that are like, they're so joyful. And this is one of my favorite kinds where we don't lose any of the named characters. Yeah, really. none, zero. Oh, we, well, Doctor, the Doctor Handlin. That's true. And Mr. Old Man Wiggins. Well, but we, <laughs> we named him. He <laughs> we was, did. Doesn't that make it worse? Character. We named him, so now we feel attached to him. Make me a sergeant. Charge oh, the no. Why Maybe it's the, you... I like to think it's the same character. This oh, is, no. that is That is probably where a guy like that would end up, you know? <laughs> no. Living alone in a cabin in the middle of the woods, living on what? Who knows? At least he's got a dog. He does. He's got a little buddy. Yeah, no, I agree, though, about that it, it that, that idea of escapism. And I, I kind of, you know, horror, I think, always has been that for people. I think the people who like the modern stuff and even the people who go in for the gore shows and stuff, like, I think that's probably what they would say about it. I bet they would say very similar things about it, like, that it's a time to be, like, I can be, even though they're maybe more genuinely scary or genuinely disturbing, whatever, it can be, like, they would probably say similar things about I can be afraid of that for a while and not be afraid about... But we talk about catharsis, like, it's a safe way to experience these really extreme emotions in a contained way. But I feel like I get similar, uh, I get similar um, escapist comfort from something like this as I do from something like, you know, Bridgerton, which we've been binging and loving. Yeah. It's obviously very different genres but it's but the same kind of about, idea that i like i just yeah. kind of disappear into the story for a little while where then these worlds where the good guys always win yeah and and love always prevails i was tying in bridgerton there yeah. and yeah it's nice to believe in a place even if it's just for the running time of the movie you know when the movie ends i no longer believe like that version of america does not nor has it ever existed and we're all aware of that but there's just something about for that for the eighty whatever minutes that that movie I is on. I believed in it this does. little small town community where everyone supports each other and everyone would drop everything to protect each other. Yeah, and, and that's nice. It is. That's nice, it especially is. with the world right now. I want to believe that if a blob were to attack this house, all my neighbors would come running out with fire extinguishers yeah. and nobody would film it. Yeah, right. People and would put, put it on their TikTok phones down. Instead. Yep, and all the like you know your your um. Like all your students from your high school would would break in, break into the school, just take grab all the, the fire extinguishers with the help of your principal, and yeah, instead um, of being like, "Nah, screw Mrs. Pine, she yeah. sucks, she gave me homework last week." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that Just it is possible for a town to come together, which also, yeah, a time where we've never felt more separated as people, you know, by all kinds of different things. It's nice to accept the fake reality for a little while of a you know a town where everyone even the even the the war hero cop who hates kids can come together and work with these teens for the greater good (laughs) so watch the blob (laughs) yeah watch the blob and just you know be joyful for a little while yeah turn off the news you should probably do that anyway for your own mental health i don't know it's good to be informed, but good lord. <laughs> Quit your doom scrolling, watch the blob. That's yeah. the hashtag for today. <laughs> yes, quit your doom scrolling, watch the blob. I would make that the title if I wasn't committed to making the titles a line from the movie. <laughs> I also did feel just randomly here because I feel like we're Yeah, we're kind of wrapping we're up. We're closing got, out. Yeah, yeah. I thought this would be a good moment to bring up. Did you know we have like way too many UFOs right now? And, like, Congress had hearings on UFOs for the first time in, like, 50 years. Yes. 
Uh, I don't know a ton about it, which no, I well, think... Well, you got what I know, which is just that we have had way more UFO sightings. And I'm sorry, I think they call them UAPs. Right. But but that they have essentially acknowledged, the government of the United States has acknowledged... There are a couple of these we can't explain. Sorry. And the state of of the news that we are subjected to all the time is such that that happened and no one is talking about it. <laughs> no. Like, I had to look it up. That's... I heard about it and I had to look it up because that's I was like, like the there's Holy no Grail, way that's isn't it? true. Isn't that what, like, that's what Mulder was, lo- like, <laughs> I don't know. There's the government acknowledged, sky we can't explain. Sorry. And they, and, they, and they said that. We don't know what they are. Our bad. We should be making a bigger deal out of that. Nope. That's like. World's on fire. We can't worry about the UFOs right now. But yeah, when I mean, this movie fair. started, it was like, oh, look, a shooting star. I remembered. Wow. And I just thought it was good to man. That's so that's awesome. One of the, a comedian watch we watched. Why well, yeah, keep watching the skies? Someone's got to be doing the skies. it. Yeah, get off to stop doom scrolling and watch the skies. <laughs> that's where the doom's gonna come from. <laughs> Don't you watch these movies? They're not all <laughs> they're not all Klaatu from Day the Earth Stood Still. So now we got to watch the skies for UFOs. We got to really start recycling because climate change is gonna bring the blob back. Yeah, there's probably other stuff we got to be looking out for. I mean, we should stop dropping bombs in the desert because it's eventually we're going to get a giant, giant insect ants. of some kind. Oh, I hope it's ants and not a spider. I really, I would have to peace out. I mean, I'd probably peace out either way, but somehow I would rather be killed by a giant ant. Yeah, I'd rather be killed by an ant for cheesy. An ant is not going to like <laughs> liquefy my insides, right? The way a bug do, or the I way a I don't know spider does. I don't know. It's probably not going to be good. No. I mean, probably not. The worst would be the jewel wasp. You don't want to get killed by a giant jewel wasp. No. Those of you who are unfamiliar with jewel wasp, you should go, go to, to Wikipedia. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Wikipedia. Horrific. Don't go to YouTube this or is like, don't do an image search. This Just, is really one of na- This is like, this is the dark side of nature. This is like, this is a bug, a bee, wasp. <laughs> How dare you? What? A jewel wasp? Bees are good. Bees are good. This is a wasp. The wasp this wasp in particular should be should be should become extinct. Because mm-hmm. it, it it preys on the cockroaches, right? Yes. And yeah, it'll like yes. it like turns these cockroaches into like zombies kind I think of. It, it's uh, something to do. I think it's either venom Injects or it something into, these into things. their brain or something. And, and it, it also into- Yeah, like zombies, but then it like injects its larva into the cockroach's body. Because it needs like a living host. So this cockroach is like zombified walking around while this thing Shuffling. is eating it from the inside. Yep. And then bursts forth out of this cockroach. And that's how they get, that's how little jewel wasps so are So stop born. dropping bombs yeah. in the desert. Do you want a giant think one that's of those? jewel wasps are. But making you a zombie and then having its baby burst from inside you like an alien. What? Yeah, goodness. All right. In any so we event. got we got sci-fi <laughs> horrors everywhere. We do, but the ones on TV can be nice sometimes. It's true. You know, not the Blob himself. He's not nice. No. Doesn't really have any agenda that we know of, except to probably just to eat and get bigger. Mm-hmm. I think eventually it would have just wrapped itself around the whole world. I thought about that while we were watching the film. I was like, okay. Carry this to its logical conclusion. Would it dissolve yeah. the whole world, and then would it itself become a well, planet? Well, I guess that was why I was asking you. Like, does it only eat people? Or, do, like, if they threw those hams at it, would it... Oh, I guess those weren't hams. But, like, if they threw those sides well, of beef at it... I'm assuming it's, like, an organic, it, like, an animal or meat of some kind. But, like, it has it to be meat, though, right? So but it like, also it dissolves, like, bone and stuff, so... But, so I guess my thing is, like, would, does it eat a tree? 
Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem to eat trees. We don't see it do that. We don't see we don't it see eat it anything inanimate. Yeah. Or at least we don't really see, we don't we see people like throw inanimate stuff at it. But I don't know. We don't know if it just bounces off or if it just blah, like we don't it know. Like sucks it up and absorbs it. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of questions. But about yeah, blob. so I was very curious as to what the yeah I was trying to follow it through to its upshot, and I was like, yeah. does it eventually just blah, like just wraps around the world? <laughs> Like well, a kid it, sucking on a gob, gobstopper? Or? I, mean, I guess it couldn't. It would stay away from the cold places. Mm. I, mean, I wouldn't take everything. It would just kind of so like... It would just glom like its way belt. down to the equator. And yeah, maybe it would... Yeah, maybe this... It'd be like the blob zone and just nobody goes there. Well, that's interesting because then when it hits... What happens when it hits a body of water? I don't know. Can the blob swim? Mm. Can it? Does it float? Does it sink? I don't know. I don't know. Did Burt Bacharach include these in its his lyrics? We don't he know. He tells us what else it does. He tells us. It slinks. It creeps. It, yeah. He doesn't say it swims. Hmm. Well, it's okay. <laughs> so all we had to do is make it to Creeps, water. leaps, glides, and slides. Okay. Okay. So get to, <laughs> get to the ocean. I guess. Yeah. Everyone just live on a boat. Yeah. I like the idea of like a planet where like the blob is just, is just like a belt around the equator. And and people live in the northern south hemisphere. And it's just like you just don't go there. Yeah, or like if it can't cross vast tracts of ocean, like it just conquers like North America and South America. Yeah, but doesn't get anywhere. Co- like it just it's just Stops covering the one Canada. continent, and just everybody lives in yeah. Europe and Africa and Asia now and yeah. Australia. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah pre and post blob world, and everyone's just like, oh yeah, the blobs in that country. You don't want to go there. <laughs> Well, and you or, can see it like if you if you oh, take yeah. like a long flight, you can just like look at like, like that's the blob. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the blob in real life. Oh my god, there it is. Yeah, you can see it from space. Yep. Wow. Well, we're gonna start writing our blob fan fiction about <laughs> this post blob world. <laughs> yep. Blob two electric boogaloo. <laughs> All right. Well, it's that, getting late. It is. Yeah, <laughs> we're that's getting enough it. for that's enough for one evening. <laughs> but um, we're back. I won't say for good because who knows the way that we do things. Um, but that's all I have to say. That's all I got to <laughs> bringing it home. We're really sticking the landing. Woo. <laughs> um, in any event, thanks for listening to the Monster Mash. Yes. If you liked us, uh, share with a friend. Um, join the Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash/MonsterMash. Um, reach out to us through there if if you want to. Give us a recommendation for an episode. We'd love to get those. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. You got anything else? No. Yeah, all right. Well, for this week's Monster Mash, I'm Joe. I'm Sarah. And wow, it's like I forgot completely how to end. <laughs> I feel like this is the most, um, the most like stumbling, bumbling kind of ending we've done yet. So there you go. Something to be proud of. <laughs> in case if you're ever out walking in the woods and you see oh, yes. a meteor that came from Earth, for the love of all that is holy. Poke it with a stick. No! <laughs> no!